Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Welcome back to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. Today, I have Bridget Garsh. She is COO and co-founder of Neighbor Schools and host of the podcast, Work Like a Mother. And today, we're going to have some conversations about childcare for working moms and solutions, which you know is my favorite topic, is we can complain all we want all day long, but I love it when we have conversations about real solutions that work for working moms. So Bridget, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Whitney. I'm really excited to be here with you today. First of all, for those who don't know anything about neighbor schools, tell us about it. What is it? What is the kind of differentiating factor that sets it apart from other childcare options that are out there, other childcare finding solutions? Definitely. So I'm going to rewind a little bit and talk about our mission at Neighbor Schools first. And our mission is really to make childcare better for everybody. So that means parents, that means children, that means educators, everyone who's involved in providing this critical resource or participating in, and benefiting from this critical resource. And the way that we do that is by supporting caregivers. So our childcare platform helps caregivers open and operate small licensed daycares in their homes. And a few really interesting things happen because they're home daycares. So number one, all of the overhead expenses that you'd see in like running a center-based program, right? So like the faci- facilities, the administrative costs, all of those don't exist. So home daycares are generally around like 30 to 40% more affordable for families. And number two, because families are paying caregivers directly, that money is going directly to caregivers instead of, you know, overhead expenses. So instead of making $30,000 a year, which is what many teachers who are working in a center-based program are earning, they can earn up to seventy dollars to $90,000 a year doing you know, the work that they love and are so passionate about. And really at our core, we're supporting caregivers, which is such a critical component of childcare, right? Like this is a human-centered business. It, it will always be a human-centered business to deliver care to children. But we're also supporting parents. And I, I think what separates us from some somebody like a care.com or even a Winnie is because each caregiver runs their entire business like on our platform, that means we know everything about them from their curriculum and their philosophy on teaching to their space and how it's set up to 
all the current openings that they have right now and the openings that they're likely to have in the future. So instead of, and I know you've been through this and I listened to your episode all about finding childcare, which was gave an incredible overview and gave everyone so much to consider. So I know this is top of mind for you. You know, when you're finding childcare, it still often is about picking up the phone, calling, trying to figure out, especially on a daycare front, do they have an opening for your child? What is the cost? All of these like core factors that are critical to your decision making. And we have built that all into the platform because people are running their businesses on the platform. So when parents come, they take a short quiz to share what their needs are. So everything from like those basics like budget and days of care and location to what's really important to them. Like, does it matter if it's a Montessori program or a Reggio program, or if it has a really great outdoor space because nature is really important to your family? And then as soon as they submit their answers, the platform is giving each family personalized recommendations to help them find the right daycare for them. I love that it takes it a step further because I think those are really the things that matter to families. Of course, we all care about availability. We all care about flexibility of schedules. What's going to be the cost if I pick my kid up to five minutes late? You know, that type of thing matters a lot. We all want to make sure it's safe. We want to make sure that kind of follows the guidelines that are going to keep your child healthy and learning and engaged. But at the end of the day, when I made my childcare decisions for my kids, really it was about kind of what is the thrust of the mission of the group. So I chose places that were really exploratory and play-based. That mattered the most to me. I have friends that really cared, like you said, about the nature thing. They wanted their kids to get out in nature and to constantly be in nature. Some people cared a lot about art or making sure there was yoga and music. And so I love that it kind of takes it a step further and helps people not to just basically do a huge internet search with all of their quote unquote free time, which we don't have as moms, right? Their quote unquote free time to try to find these these caregivers. My question is, this is the thing that pops up first for me as a mom and as a pediatrician, Mm -hmm. how do you vet the caregivers? What's the process for making sure that it is safe and healthy? So that way people can just think beyond that to what's going to fit their preferences and needs. So we're totally focused on licensed home daycares. And I think this is a really interesting point because a lot of people don't know about how strict the licensing process is in many states, right? So if you think of like the the regulatory body that is overseeing center-based programs, that same regulatory body in a state is overseeing licensed home daycares as well. So that means that educators are going through a background check, that the background check is actually not just for the educator, but also for all of the the family members who are going to be in that home as well. They have taken core classes like CPR, first aid, childhood development, administering medication, right? Safe sleep practices. They've had a lot of training in the basics or or really the, the fundamentals of you know caregiving. So you can feel really good about that. 
And they also, their home, their, the environment that, you know, they have set up for this program has been inspected. And there are regular visits from the regulatory body in that state to make sure that it is a safe environment for children to be in. And, and I don't think parents always connect those dots or understand that when you are talking about licensed home daycares, you're really talking about a different level of oversight and like a different level of requirements for that program. The other piece, and you know, my co-founders and I all have a background in technology, and what we have layered onto that is we have so many families who are either enrolled in the program or they are touring the program, right, as spots are available or if they're planning ahead. And we're constantly gathering all of that feedback from enrolled families and from families who are visiting and touring that program. So we have a lot of visibility into you know, the day-to-day life, the day-to-day operations. And that way, if there is something that a parent says, hey, this was concerning to me, or I think this could be better, we know right away and we're stepping in to work with that caregiver to, you know, improve their program. The other piece that, that we have learned along the way of building the business is, Every educator who comes to work with us has their unique philosophy and background, right? Like we have people who are early interventionists. We have people who are really steeped in, have worked in a Montessori program for many years. So they're coming with their own unique background and experience, which we support and we cherish Because we also know every, as you were just saying, like every family has these different wants and needs. So we don't want to be cookie cutter and say, you have to meet these curriculum, you know, expectations and requirements. But what we do is we offer a lot of access and a lot of training for every educator so that they can continue to grow and have professional development opportunities and have access to like we just hosted a training on incorporating STEM into your program for infants and toddlers, right? And that might not be something that as an individual provider of a home daycare, you would have access to all of those trainings and resources. And that's part of what we're doing when we've built this community and and, and have brought educators together. I think that's really cool. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I've always personally gravitated toward nannies, right? Because I think about the flexibility that I've needed in my job. So I've had several nannies along the way, and I I haven't always gone toward in-home care in a more licensed way like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think with the way that you have it on your platform, that it makes it so that there's so much transparency. I think that's the word that comes to mind, like so much transparency and information and additional training that's there that I 100% could see how for a lot of families, it actually might even provide more stability for them because they're not just relying on one individual caregiver. It's in a home that's set up specifically for doing this. They might be getting additional training and things that an individual nanny wouldn't be trained in. And so Mm -hmm. I really can see how that would be totally beneficial for so 
many families. The other thing I noticed on the website when you talked about what the offerings are was that, and I might've been dreaming because this would be like in my wildest dreams, this would be available, but it talked about like weekend care in the in-home schools. Is this is this true? Like somebody like pinch me. I feel like this is a total dream that this might be true and available in families. So every program sets their own hours. They are, you know, we are really the business partners for every educator. So they're setting their own hours. They're also looking at the needs of their community, right? Like we have a provider who's actually adding late night care because she has so many families in her community who work the late shift and she wants to be supportive of that, right? So a lot of educators are listening, talking to families, thinking about what are the needs, where can I be of most service to the families in my community? And then they're adjusting their hours accordingly. Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned. As you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the App Store. Let's get in a tiny bit more to this idea of reduced costs for families and more money Mm -hmm. going into the pockets of caregivers. Because I think with my feminist hat on, I'm so into this idea of parents paying less money for care or paying the same amount for care, but having that care be as top quality as possible or having it be just like only geared toward providing the education. And then also, Mm -hmm. I would imagine, I don't have the stats on this, but I'm just going to like take a stab at it, that the vast majority of these caregivers, of these educators are women. Like there's a lot of women that are running these programs. So we're actually giving more money back to female entrepreneurs in this model. Is that fair? Totally fair. And one of the major inspirations for the business. I mean, for me personally, I had never really thought about childcare before I got pregnant with my first son, Hudson. And I remember when he was eight months old, his favorite daycare teacher Miss Quella left the center that he was at. And then, I don't know, a few weeks went by, maybe two or three weeks went by, and our other favorite teacher, Miss Meg, left. And we were completely devastated. I mean, these are the women who had been there from the very first drop-off when Hudson was just 12 weeks old, when I was a complete mess, right, and heading back to work and leaving him. They were the ones who knew all of his little quirks. They knew, they, they helped us like learn how to be better parents, how to navigate sleep issues and diaper rashes and all of the, the things that you encounter as a first time parent for the very first time and need to, to learn. And with them leaving, what it did for me is it really helped me to see that 
even though we were paying an absolute fortune for this corporate daycare center, Miss Quella and Miss Meg were making peanuts. I mean, they were really making such little money. And our money wasn't going to these caregivers who had become part of our family. It was going to overhead expenses. And it's worth pointing out here that this isn't because like daycare centers are malicious and like really driven by profits and, and, and like they're intentionally trying to pay educators low wages, but it's more so just that the economics don't work, right? Like there's only so much money parents can pay. The cost of renting, maintaining a building is really expensive. You need more administrative staff because you have a bigger program and you need to keep everything running smoothly. So once all of that is paid for, there's just such little money to give to the educators themselves. And with neighbor schools, as I was saying before, what really excites us is giving livable wages to these caregivers who without caregivers, childcare doesn't work. It's not actually possible at all. And we see every year a quarter of childcare workers in the U.S. leave the profession because they can't make ends meet. And so if we think of the scarcity that we have in childcare in the country right now, that is only going to continue to get worse and worse until we actually can find a way to provide livable wages to educators, to recruit more people to the field and to create really a thriving opportunity on, on both sides. And I think the really hopeful thing here is from, from our data and, and research, there are 100,000 women across the country who are ready to open a home daycare. And because of like the, the licensing requirements, because there's no one supporting them through this process, because you can imagine what state websites, right? Like if you're trying to, what state websites look like, you can imagine trying to do your taxes with the IRS tax code, right? That's really what, what we're doing with neighbor schools is we are guiding these incredible, mostly women, as you pointed out, who are there to follow their passion and work with children, we are guiding them step-by-step step through that licensing process. We're providing all of that like back-end business support that you would have at a center-based program and that you wouldn't typically have as a small business owner. So that's what we're doing to empower all of these entrepreneurs as they're starting their companies. That's cool. And filling the gap for this childcare deficit that we have in the United States that makes it so that women usually have to take more time off of work when there are emergencies, mm -hmm. when things like COVID come calling, right? We know that it's women who are usually the, you know, what we call like she fault parent, right? We're going to be the ones that are leaving the workforce if they don't have the childcare they need. And so improving the numbers, the quantity of people and the quality of people in the workforce and making it easier for them to run their businesses obviously only helps, which brings up another question that I have. How does it work within the system? And if it doesn't work within your system, what are your thoughts on this? Mm -hmm. When it comes to kind of this 
emergency care or like short-term care needs that people have. How does that work? Because I think that's been one of the biggest things that women have faced this year has been this idea of like, well, I don't like always need it, but sometimes I do need it in home facility or some type of childcare for my children while I'm working because now I can't be at the office, but my kids are here with me because school has gone to virtual, right? So how does it work in those situations within your organization? And if you don't have that, what are your thoughts about how to create a solution for it? Yeah. So what you're talking about is really backup care, right? And many employers actually provide backup care. It's the most you know, commonly provided childcare benefit that I, I, an employer might offer. And it's great for in those, in the pinch situations, I would say what we've seen with COVID is that that was really helpful when we thought COVID might last two weeks. And at the start of the pandemic, now we see employers who are really looking for more long-term sustainable solutions. But I think the thing with backup care is home daycare has really been inaccessible as a means of backup care for a lot of families. And by providing this network and community and like the technology and the platform, it's our hope that we can actually make it more available to families in the future. In part because when you're in those in the pinch situations, often you're going to want something close to home, right? Like you're going to want something in your neighborhood. You're not going to want to be driving here, there, and everywhere to be able to have that child care. And so it's more convenient for families, as you were pointing out, like it's more affordable for families. So making that available, not just as a long-term solution, but also as a in a pinch scenario is definitely something that we're we're working towards and we're not there yet, but it's definitely something that's on our minds. Well, I love that because I think I see so much of in in the space, in the working mom space is so, well, this is what I talked about at the top, is so much, I'm going to choose my words carefully, but like almost complaining about the state of how it is, which I totally get. I've spent a lot of time mm-hmm. like, what? What the heck? This is unfair. You know, injustices have to be aired. We have to talk about the things that are unfair in our world. But I just read a quote from Reese Witherspoon that I'm going to butcher, but it was something along the lines of like, my life changed the day I stopped complaining about the system and started changing it. Mm-hmm. And so I love the idea of realizing like, yes, there is a problem. And then trying to figure out, okay, great let's be creative because there's almost always a solution, you know, and maybe it takes a year or two into the pandemic for us to find it. And for you guys to, you know, vet it and figure out how you're going to make it work within your system or another group to do that. But that there has to be a solution to childcare. And as we're talking, like the thing that keeps ringing in my mind is that money is like the number one thing to address making it cost effective for the providers and making it cost effective for parents. That that's like the number one thing. And then number two is accessibility and making it so that the care works for them in terms of their hours or their needs or their wants. I would say too, in terms of accessibility, right? Like 51% of families across the U.S. right now live in a childcare desert. Like that was the most startling statistic to me to hear here, right? Like that made me feel incredibly lucky that I even have options, right? Like I have childcare available to me. And when, when we think about 
the business and, and, and how we're growing and how we're expanding to new states, it's really exciting to think about home daycare as a model that can work anywhere, right? Like a center-based program is not going to be popping up in rural Vermont or like remote Tennessee. That's not going to happen. But what will happen is there are amazing, as you pointed out, mostly women who want to care for children, have a passion for working with children, and they could have an immediate impact in those communities. So as we think about accessibility, the home daycare model works whether you're in an urban setting or whether you're in a small town. There are caregivers who are willing to do this work and not just willing are excited about doing that work. So let's unlock that potential and let's do everything in our power to support them so that they as female entrepreneurs are earning a living, right? But also when they're doing that, that is also allowing more women in that community to work for themselves to go out to build their own careers. Yes, a freaking men. I love it. Okay, so tell us the nitty gritty because now people want to know, I know, like, is this available in my state? Is this available close to me? Where exactly do neighbor schools exist or where can people find this? And then tell us, of course, where people can find you on the internet if they're interested in getting involved in this, if it is available in their area. So... We started in Massachusetts. That's where we're, we're from. We have expanded to New York and most recently Pennsylvania, and we are adding more and more states. So I would say stay tuned and also come to the site and, and let us know you're looking for care and, and that it's important to you in that area because then we have a greater visibility to see. I mean, we have all the maps, right, showing where there's childcare scarcity, but actually hearing from the families who are in those locations is really powerful as well. And we see this as a mission, see this as a movement and something that we are building together. So whether you're a family who's looking for care, whether you're an employer thinking about how can I make my childcare benefits more accessible, right, and affordable to a larger part of my employee population, whether you are looking to join our team because we are growing really quickly and we have open roles, I would encourage you to go to LinkedIn, follow us there, connect with me. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn all the time and come to the, to the website as well. Awesome. And it's neighborschools.com, correct? Correct. Awesome. Good. And then, of course, you guys, go listen to Work Like a Mother. You can hear Bridget there as well, hosting on the podcast there. Bridget, thank you so much for being here today. I think people are going to be really inspired about the future of childcare. Thank you so much, Whitney. It's been great talking with you. And thank you for the really thoughtful questions. Hey mama, if you want more of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Doc. 
If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.